All right, God is good, right? How many know that God loves you this morning? God really cares about us. He knows us. He knows every move we've made. He knows every move we're going to make. He knows what we're going through. And he knows what everybody in this room is going through. In Jeremiah 1, it says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I pointed you as a prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. Before he formed you in the womb, he knew us. Isn't that awesome to know? That God knew me before I was even formed in the womb. That's how awesome a God we serve. He says, before you were born, I set you apart. Not only did God know us, but God set us apart. That's awesome. God knew I was going to be here this morning. And I was going to be talking to you guys. He knew exactly how many were going to be here this morning. And he knew exactly who was going to be here this morning. And then he he says here, the same thing I said when God called me. He says, I do not know how to speak. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them. For I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. He says, I am with you. I don't care where you're going. I'm there with you. When you're at work tomorrow, when you're watching your kids at home tomorrow, whatever you're doing, if you're going to school tomorrow, if you're playing ball tomorrow, God says, I'm there with you. Now let's skip over to verse 17. I thought this was interesting. I don't know. I guess this applies to us. I think it does. But I thought this was interesting. Get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them whatever I command you. Do not be terrified by them. He says, don't be afraid of them. What does he say next? Or I will terrify you before them. What he's saying is, if you're going to be afraid of them, I'll make it worse. Do you ever think about that? You see, fear is not of God. If you're going to give in to fear, it's going to get worse. God loves us too much, and he warns us, don't be afraid. I'm with you. Wherever you go, I'm with you. I'll put the words in your mouth. I'll do whatever you need to do. I'm there all the time. I know what I have planned for you. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared even in advance for us to do. Prepared for us in advance. You see, there's things waiting for you to do. Good things that God has prepared in advance. I don't care if you're 70 years old. He's got something prepared for every one of you that are here this morning in advance that you don't even know about, that you don't have a clue about. He's got something for us. He has a plan for us. Every person has a purpose. 
There's three ways to know your purpose. Believe you have a purpose is number one. It's specifically designed for you. Believe that God prepared something just for you. Just for you. You see, I don't care what you've been through. I don't care if you've been abused. I don't care if you've been had a nervous breakdown. I don't care what your history is. God has something prepared for you from this day forward. See, God knows all about your past, but he says, I have something prepared for you. In the natural, you can look at something and believe it has a purpose. I take this bowl here. This could be used as a cereal bowl or a dog bowl. Could be used to plant flowers in. Could be used as an Amish, to cut an Amishman's hair. But the real thing for this bowl is, this is a mixing bowl. This is the, that's the purpose that this bowl was made for. Now you guys can do a lot of things in life. You can be used for a lot of things. But God has one purpose for you. What is it? You may be using a lot of different things, but God has a purpose for you. Everything that happens in your life has a purpose. When I look back at my life and I see all the things that I went through, from a little kid, my mom used to say, you have, God must have something special planned for you. I fell in a molasses pit when I was, I don't know how old was I, Glenn, about four years old. I don't know if you know what a molasses pit, but it was a pit about this big and about this deep, full of molasses. I might have been two, he says. But I fell in that thing. If somebody wouldn't have saw me go in, I'd still be there. When I was 12, I fell from a silo, 20 to 25 feet. Never broke a bone. I landed across a silage cart with sides as high that was empty. I landed across it. Never broke a bone. I don't remember anything from the top to the bottom. But then things happened in my life that God used to draw me closer to Him. Things I believe, every one of them prepared me for what I'm doing today. It was the age of 12 after I fell down from the silo, I realized I didn't know Jesus. And I wasn't ready to go. So I accepted Christ, more probably at that point as a fire escape. I didn't want to go to hell. So I accepted Christ at a young age. But everything, see, has a purpose for us. Nothing happens by accident. In Genesis 4, 3, we, we all know about Joseph. We shouldn't say we all, but most of us do. Genesis 45 we know how that Joseph went through some trials and tribulations. His, first of all, his brothers sold him. How would you like that? You think you have problems of need inner healing. How would you like if your brother sold you? That'd be real love, wouldn't it? He was put in jail for being accused of raping a, a woman. Something he didn't do. All because 
he knew probably something special God had in store for him. He didn't know what it was. Just as my mom told me there's something special for you, I had no clue what it was. Joseph didn't know what it was. But all through these trials that he went through, he was faithful to God. He was honorable. He lived right. Lived according to what God wanted. And then we get to chapter 45, verse 3, where his family came to him. It says, Then Joseph said to his brothers, this is after they had sold him, and he lived in Egypt, separate from his family. Come close to me. When they had gone so, so he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed, and do not be angry with yourselves, for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years there will not be plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. See, God knew what was coming. There was going to be a famine in the land, and Joseph's family were going to, going to need to be saved. So God sent Joseph ahead. He was put in charge of all of Egypt for one purpose. And that was to save the children of Israel, Joseph's family. Sometimes, you know, we go through things. We go through struggles. We, God seems to talk to us and, and say, you need to do this or that. And then we go through a hard time. And we say, God, God, are you even there? God, why aren't you answering my prayers? Why aren't you hearing me? What do you think Joseph was thinking all those years after his brother sold him? And he got in prison. What was he thinking? The same thing that we think when we go through a hard time. Say, God, where are you? God, you said you'd be there for me. You said you'd deliver me. God, where are you? All of a sudden, one day, Joseph realized why he was sold, why he was sent to Egypt. And I believe anybody that has a call in their life of any kind, I'm not talking about you have to be a preacher to have a call in your life, but God has something, if God's got something special for you, there's going to be some rough days. It will happen. Not everything is going to go smooth. You're going to be tested. Jesus was sent, Jesus of all people, he was sent into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tested of the devil. Now you say, well, why did Jesus have to go to the desert to be tested? He was perfect. He's God's Son. Why did he have to go? I don't know except to identify with us. We will be tested. We will have some hard times in our life, but God will see us through. The Bible says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God will deliver them out of them all. Do you understand? God has a plan for you. A plan. A special plan for every one of you young people. And in the process of bringing you to that place, where, you're, where God has you, wants to bring you, you're going to go through some things. Some things that are going to 
develop you. Some things that are going to make you strong. Some things that are going to increase your faith. And you're going to look back and say, oh, that's what God was doing. He was getting me ready for this. You see, God uses everything. He says in His Word that all things work together for good to them that love Him and are called according to His purpose. As long as we love Him, as long as we serve Him, as long as we have our life committed to His hands, I can assure you that God's going to take care of every situation you find yourself in. You're going to come out smelling like a rose. Why? Because God is in control. God is in control of your life. In Exodus chapters 2 and 3, it talks about Moses. Moses killed a man, thought he was doing a good thing. Killed one of the, the enemy. End up, after he did a good thing, he had to flee to Midian. I think it was Midian. For years. Well, the whole thing of Moses fleeing to Midian, I believe, personally, was that God was training Moses how to survive in the wilderness. He was getting him ready to lead his people through that land. It wasn't a wasted years that Moses was out there tending sheep in the wilderness. He was, God was getting him ready for something great. And Moses was another one of them guys that said, Lord, not me, I can't speak. I can identify with those guys. I remember when I couldn't sleep at night. When I was in my 20s, early 20s. Late teens. I tossed and turned and wrestled with God, made, tried to make deals with God. And finally, one night my wife got tired of it and she says, you don't have to worry about preaching. You can't speak good enough. Oh, good. And I went to sleep. Whether I can speak good or not, I don't know. God used me anyway. God can use it, speak through a donkey. He can speak through you and me. <laughs> right? God is in control, as it says in verse 5. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. You see, God sent him. God's the one that had to do with selling him. God's the one that had to do with everything that happened to him. So, talking about Joseph. Just before God wants to do something big in your life, we go through training. Enlarging your faith. We don't understand, guys, why things happen. We don't understand why people do things to us and say things. But just remember this this morning, that God is in control. God's power is bigger than any mistake we can ever make. God's power is bigger than we are, bigger than our problems. He's bigger than all our problems. We used to sing that song a lot. God's bigger than all my problems. Is he bigger than yours? Can you trust him? And so the thing that we need to do as Christians, if God has a plan for us, we need to discover what that is. Romans 12, 3 through 8, talks about, says, For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith. God has given you, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, 
and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. And if it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Basically, he's talking about the church. We all have a gift. But I believe that these gifts, these same gifts, come about in the natural, or in every one of us in the natural, in the world. He says if, if it's prophesying, prophesy. Prophesy is encouraging people. And one of the, the gifts that we recognize that people in the world have or in society have is they're motivators. There's mo- what you call motivational speakers. People get hundreds of thousands of dollars to go around giving speeches, just motivating people. That's a gift. You can use it in the church, or you can use it in the world. Then there's serving. The next one he said there, if you're a servant, serve. Some people just have the gift to serve. They don't want to be leaders. They don't want to be on top. They don't want to run a business. They want to work for somebody else. They just love to serve. You just mention something that needs done, and they're there doing it. They're servants. Then you have those that are good teachers. They teach school. Maybe teach college. Teach in church. They're just good at it. It's what makes them tick. They love studying and they love teaching. Then there's those that are encouragers. Encouraging people. Helping people along the way. Are you an encourager? Then there's givers. We think of givers as people that have money. Well, some people just are givers. They just want to give all the time. If they see a need, they give. There's some people that God has blessed so much that everything that they touch turns to money. I know a few of them people. They're givers. They're in the church. They're in the world. They're good businessmen usually. Givers are usually good businessmen. By the way, I heard a guy say the other day, if you're a good businessman, God requires more of you than the normal person. Then there's the administrator. Some people are just good organizers. They can organize anything. When they're little children, they're organizing their toys. When they grow up, they just organize everything. That's a gift. Do that in the church. Do that in the workplace. Every workplace has to have somebody that keeps things running smoothly. Then there's a sympathizer. Those who care about people. They are needed too. But these are only directions that God gives us. It's up to us to find the specific place that God wants to use us. How do you know when you're in the specifics of your destiny, it's usually after you do it. After you do it. So many of us are waiting for God to move us. But God can't steer us 
a ship that's not moving. And so usually you find out what God has in store for you by moving, by doing something. My wife used to tell our children, find something you like to do and then find somebody that will pay you to do it. You see, that's how you become satisfied. That's how you become fulfilled. When you find out what you really like to do, do it and find somebody to pay you to do it. Then you'll enjoy going, getting up and going to work every day. You won't be saying, thank God it's Friday. You'll be saying, thank God it's Monday. <laughs> but God has a plan for every one of us. And just because you're going through a struggle, and it may seem that things aren't working out for you, just wait a while. Just wait a while. Be faithful. Be faithful. And watch God. Work it all out. You believe that this morning? You believe that God's just waiting up there to guide us? He's already got things waiting ahead of us, opportunities just waiting for us. He's just waiting for us to do it. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for your presence here. I thank you, Lord, that you love every one of these people. And Lord, I thank you that you have a plan for every one of these people. Not just a few, a certain few. Not just those that are good looking. Not just those that are tall or slim. But Lord, you have a plan for every one that is here this morning. You love everyone the same. And Father, show them, Lord. Help them to find the thing that fulfills their life the most. Lord, I thank you, and I praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen.